Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and will be joined by my co-host Nicole Frolic and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. We are here with a returning guest, uh, definitely one of our favorites, and she's going to be enlightening all of us with some new information, an untold story. We are so happy to welcome back Rebecca Barfoot, who is a multidimensional energy intuitive, seer, and channel. She has starseed heritage of Syrian, Palladian, Lyran, and Andromedan origins, and she serves as a galactic ambassador to many star nations. And on top of helping you to facilitate your healing here on Earth, she's also facilitating the healing for a variety of extraterrestrial beings, which we discussed on our last episode with Rebecca. So Rebecca, welcome back to Enlighten Up. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I, I'm well. Thanks for having me. That's such a glowing uh, welcome. <laughs> so I feel, <laughs> I'm like, no. I... <laughs> welcome to Nemo as well. Oh, yeah. We. <laughs> oh, I thought about that. Don't I bring in interesting guests and ideas here? Um <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you do. He's still around. And we love that about you. <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, we're so excited to have you back on. And I, um, I'm i just going to give you a huge promo to all of our audience. If you want to work with Rebecca, she's probably one of my favorite um, people to have worked with so far. Rebecca's been doing a lot to help me facilitate um, a huge healing journey. And she's been able to really tap into information that I have not been able to get anywhere else. And so if any of you are interested in working with Rebecca through the Akashic Records, I highly recommend her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, And I Nicole. second that. Oh, thank you. Jeez, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, everyone I send to you has glowing, glowing reviews, oh, glowing reviews. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Well, uh, Re Rebecca, you have been, you've launched your YouTube channel, which so proud of you for finally doing because I know how scary it can be to put your voice out there. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And you've been, you've been releasing a lot of interesting channeled information. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> how has um how has the reception of that information been for you so far actually really good you know sometimes i i you know reflecting on bringing in a um, mantis being last time i was on the show and now talking about um the anunnaki story and all of that you know these things cause certain reactions within people 
um, because of our training and our belief systems and things that have happened over time. So if you're talking about something like that, that might be perceived as um, not so welcoming that, you know, that could be up for, um, you know, you know, I could be putting myself out there to receive a lot of criticism. And of course we do. When we start talking about off-world beings and the unseen realm, that's always fair game, you know, if it's something new to our belief system. But overall, yeah. the the yeah, the YouTube has been really fun. Really, really fun and people are enjoying that. So I'm I'm yeah, grateful for that. Well, you've been talking about the Anunnaki and the you said that you've come across some information that's kind of the untold story, the story we don't hear. Could you first brief us all and our audience on what most people are being told about what's kind of what the what the story of the Anunnaki is? Yeah, yeah. And 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 start at start at the beginning, please, for you know the the people like Brian who have no idea other than it sounds like they're Native Americans, which they're obviously. Not. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a tying into the Hopi creation story with the Anunnaki, as I understand it. But anyway, um, and I want to say, too, that I'm not an expert on any of this. I don't, as a channel, um, I actually keep myself from listening to reading uh, a, a lot of other materials so that when something comes into me, I can be kind of a... Um, a little deaf, dumb, and mute, you know, like I haven't been studying all these things my whole life, so I don't really know, but it helps keep, I feel, the, the channel that I get rather clear. And after a while of channeling a certain being or a certain thread of information, I will start seeing, well, what is out there? What is, like, I don't really know, what is this whole story of the Anunnaki? But just to be kind of in brief about it, um, in popular circles, Within our community, we could say they've been viewed as the, um, the the great manipulators of humankind who came in and had a hand in creating us to help them. Help them get gold for their survival. Uh, you could say we mm, mm, created were created as a slave race. Um, so there's a lot of controversy about that, but you also, you know, that they've been malevolent overlords of humanity, manipulating us for a very long time. And I'm not going to argue with that. So nothing I'm bringing in is necessarily arguing with that. It just might be offering a different thread of information that we, uh, I don't know, maybe that it, I think more news of other aspects of the Anu are coming forward. And that is that they have, like all things that are created within this timeline of duality, a um, an ascended aspect, just like humans, a light and a dark aspect. Well, what has been coming into me um, really out of nowhere uh, is um, what I learned was an ascended aspect or a small group of ascended Anunnaki who... Um, offer that they've they stayed behind when the great separation occurred for them in which there was a choice to go into the third density in the earth plane and do all these these things um, to humanity um, they stayed behind to keep the how did they call it uh, the creation codes directly connected to source intact so this timeline could play out and then uh, things could be returned to unity in the unified field of source creation 
So that's a that's a long story, but does that make sense kind of? So what you're saying is is that there were some who stayed behind wanting to preserve the an aspect of the race that was still le- higher connected and not falling into malevolent purposes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To enter different timelines or to shift timelines or to um kind of yeah. like kind of like <laughs> kind of like a backup plan, a fail safe. <laughs> well, I think because I mean part of this this uh, dual expression that we're really in the heat of right now, you know, this greatly polarized aspect of the human timeline. Um it's all it's kind of part of the human experiment and part of the plan that we would come in and experience this however we got here, was it the Anunnaki or something else, um, co-creatively, we became. And then moving back into creation through the experience of great separation, coming back into unity. And it just, I keep, I don't understand um, fully the yuga cycle and all of that and getting more information about that, but it all looks like this pendulating out into um, the great aspect of, you know, massive separation and fear-based consciousness that we're going through now and then slowly coming back into a place uh, we might call um, 5D ascension or uh, unity, awakening the unity codes in humanity and and this, this created timeline. So, so from what I understand or I've been, you know, read about, the Anunnaki have been known to kind of be at that, you know, there's the Illuminati, and we talk about the Illuminati, and but mm-hmm. the Anunnaki are sort of the beginning of that. They're the ones that screwed everything up. They're the ones who right. yeah. altered our DNA and made us this slave race. Is, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Or that's, I that's mean, the I don't, reputation I they have. I would say that that is the reputation and i think there's veracity in that absolutely and that that relationship to the Kabbali and illuminati is absolutely there as far as i can tell i'm always getting new information but yes i would say bang on <laughs> uh-huh does that clear it up for you brian as far as your understanding yeah the words make sense <laughs> um it's getting your mind around the idea when you, you know, when you don't, as I don't follow, believe in this bigger picture idea. Um, no, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, it's completely illogical that, mm-hmm. you know, that we're a, a slave race and you know, that there's an evil empire controlling everything. Um, can, can I understand it? Yeah, absolutely. Do do I believe it? I, I think that's that hasn't been given to me yet. That that the faith that you guys have to you know to believe that I I don't I don't have that. It definitely takes faith. It's definitely a leap. You know, we're watching a sci-fi movie at this point. You know, it's it's yeah. <laughs> I agree, Brian. I agree with you guys. So when I first started learning about this some time ago or hearing little whispers of this, I was like, get out of here. That's so stupid. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, what if? What if? And you know, as a channel, I kind of trained myself as a as a meditator, a Dharma practitioner, and as a channel and a guide for other people to really sit with what's coming in without like give it space. Don't necessarily judge it right away. Just give it space to reveal whatever it is. And just sit with that. Be 
you know, don't make it this or that, or I believe, I don't believe. I just kind of gather it in for a while. And in all the channeled information that I get, I sit with for a very long time. And do you know how this call came up? <laughs> I, I was getting information from this being called Jesmet um, from the Ascended Anu group. For some time, and I finally said, Nicole and I are friends, right? I messaged her and I said, so have you had anybody else on the show talking about this, this like lighter aspect of the Anunnaki? And she goes, no, do you want to come on and talk about it? I don't know anything. What? <laughs> so anyway. You know more than most. Oh, okay. So I know I'm very like, I don't know anything. <laughs> Just don't, don't throw rocks at me. <laughs> well, you're, you're one of the few that are talking with them. So yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, I get it that this sounds so crazy far out. Like, how could we, you know, um, because when something comes in that vanquishes your whole idea of who you are as a people, well, it gives one maybe mm, pause, mm, significant pause. What if you've been taught the mm, things that aren't true? What about that? It's just a matter of belief systems. Hey, sorry, you guys. Um, just me being my um, my off-world self wants to talk in light language. So um, that, that, that's normal to me. So. Okay, right, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you. No, we love that, and just I, th- I think it's normal. Just, just, just for listeners who might not be um, used to <laughs> used to that. So. Uh, yeah. Well, if I can just interject that, please, just for our listeners, because I I know you. So when you start speaking light language, right after you speak the light language is when you're channeling. Yep, it's like the <laughs> the kickoff. Like, okay, here comes the channeled message, and then we get Rebecca. So we actually well, you have can three hear guests. You can hear it in her voice that it's a different, you know, different pronouns, and you know that it's a you sound like a different person when you're, you know, after right. you get the download in light language, then you channel the message in English and then you are you again. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was starting to channel. So just then. Well, just saying where, I don't where was I? Um, <laughs> just about, I think you were getting a channeled message about how, you know, it's a belief system and it's really also hard to believe all the lies we've been told. And that's what we believe. Yeah. Well, one of the things that um, this being called Jesmet came in to show me was to just trust your, you know, your sovereign. And ultimately, you know, all of this goes, came, came from source, goes back to source. There's nothing to fear. Whatever you believe. It's actually in the end about getting away from belief systems. Not caught in the stories of right and wrong, dark and light, who did what, history written and unwritten. But where are you going? Where are we going together? At this point in the mm, fractured timeline of humanity, that is the most salient. That's why we came in. It's quite a lot of very, um, like, wanting to talk, that one. Uh just saying like we're kind of like we're in this together and somebody's going to, you know, mock me and say, no, the Anunnaki are not in, in with us now. But 
oh, talk about what happened when you first met. What did mm, she show? What did it show? What did he show? So can I just go into that for a little? I think that might be helpful. How do you guys feel? Please. Okay. Okay. So uh, prefacing it by saying I had no interest in any of this. Um, Oh, okay. So writing a book um, with mm, conveying some of the channeled material that comes in from the Hathors, right? As this started coming in, I was told by a figure named Mother Hathor um, that I needed to mm, learn the foundational aspects of our creation so I could understand the darker side the understanding foundational mm, separation consciousness aspects. And uh, more to that, I won't go so much into that perhaps, but when I met Jesmat, I wasn't looking for any of this. I wasn't, you know, trying to channel like the Anunnaki at all. <laughs> so I was walking in the woods one night and I realized um, my, you know, my consciousness expands in the dark forest. You know, it's a beautiful time for me connecting with the earth and the stars, very grounded. And I was surrounded by a few, uh, I was aware of a presence um, surrounding me, and it was um, reptilian beings, not the fir- not at all the first time I'd seen reptilians of, of all sorts. Um, but they said right away, because I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a little wary here. And they weren't menacing, it was very neutral, just like, oh, something's in my consciousness, do I want to check that out or not? And um, they uh, said, first and foremost, um, we don't come to harm, we come to show, we come to teach. And a lot of times when I meet a new group or a new being, it's very brief. So I will get a sense of the energy signature and a basic read, like a photograph in my mind and a real sense of them and then can sit with that for a while and I can decide if I want to go forward with that. But um, so the next day or two in came, I was at the end of a meditation kind of just sitting there and bam, I had this big, I was like, oh my God, I'm sitting directly in front of this huge reptilian being and it's quite virile. It's very male energy, huge. And I would just went, I did kind of go into fear mode. And uh, it said again, I don't come to harm. And it was true. And in effect, its energy was very, very neutral. No, uh, not light, not dark, nothing. Um, but as a, Thing arising, a phenomena arising from space to show and to teach. And this has been true from the start. Um, but the, the to be brief, what it was showing me, and I've channeled reams of information for the book about this, that kind of for me to look at my own fear, what was my reaction when all I did was see a reptilian and feel this massive energy field? Not, not threatening actually me, but my fear reaction was so entrenched in my DNA almost, right? In our hardwired fire, fight or flight response. It's like, do you see that? And, and Jesmet, this being his name is Jesmet and first appeared to me as male because they're shapeshifters and they're so porous, shapeshifter not being a bad thing, not just nefarious, but that they uh, work as a collective. So through her, a lot of different aspects of the Anu and different individuals can come forward and show me their story. Um, I was just being trained to look at my own mind in that instance. When you hear the word Anunnaki, what do you feel? What do you think? When you see this reptilian being in front of you, look at your reaction. You hold now the keys to your own individuation and your own autonomy. You hold the keys to your own freedom, all of you and humanity now. 
we may have begun this story, but it's you who will finish it. And you in humanity hold the key to our liberation too. Somehow this is part of the story and why they're coming forward. Because um, the Anunnaki are so caught in that separation consciousness that somehow humanity as, if you like, their creation, we are now helping create a new timeline for them. So they're wed. Really interesting. Later on, she said, we and you humans, that is, have tethered timelines. We are created, created and creators. So are you. Um, and then just reading from a channel, just very brief sentence here uh, too from Jesmat earlier this month in March, once created a thing over time can regain mastery of itself. This is because it is made of creation energy, which is alive. It is conscious. So it's a, it's long winded, but. um, That makes complete sense to me because we learn that if we truly understand the um, idea of duality here and that everyone is a mirror image of us in some capacity, in some aspect, that there's light and dark in everything. And how we choose to perceive it or react to it is completely on us. And I think it's important that you, you know, there's a, there's all these different stages that you go through as you learn and you grow and you come into this knowledge of this information and how you, um, how you handle it. And as you grow and, and expand and get stronger in your own sovereignty, your own energetic sovereignty, you begin to realize that you can respond in any way that you choose. And that's all about your own sovereignty. And so choosing to see other beings that would normally be triggered in us to see as, you know, malevolent, um, trigger the fear, gives you an opportunity to change that programming and to see things from different perspectives and know that there's always light and dark in everything. Thanks, Nicole. Yes, well said. <laughs> I agree with that. I've learned so much just in, you know, in the time that I've been working with Jesmet. Um, and like, so true. I must feel like, wow, thank you. I get it. I so get my, my habitual responses. How do they keep me in a cage? Fear. And black and white and separation, separation. So I want to make this belief system right. I want to make this belief system wrong. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I don't have to do either of those. Um, like in the end, too, you know, it's just my own life rising from space, dissolving into space eventually. So, I mean, and she comes in to give me this huge perspective of the whole, you know, when you're taking in me, I guess, taking in this massive cosmic type of view and energy, these visions that are so big, spanning millennia, I kind of get, uh, you know, when I'm working on the book with a colleague, you know, we're doing this together to help bring in the channel material, she's transcribing it. Anyway, I will get so I'm like, Oh, my God, I can't, I can't channel anymore. It's just we've been on the call for two hours, you know, channeling. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> it's just too much. It's, it's a massive energy field. And when I'm looking, because I'm being shown uh, what I realize now is the home base of these Anu people and the other place mm, where the keepers of the Anu light codes stay, orbiting through non-orbit, through mm, intergalactic ways. Uh, yeah, I'm shown so much information about their creation. Um, 
what what's been happening with humanity and still trying to find human languaging around it because I often feel as I talk about the multidimensional realms that that languaging is so limited when we are we have a 3D linear concept but if I'm trying to talk about something that's not based on space and time and the English language what where do I go it's uh, so I'm sometimes challenged with that but so far we're doing doing okay here <laughs> You know, to bring it kind of down a few notches, I think your experience with with Jesmet is an important thing for people to understand, even just in this 3D realm. You know, when we're talking to someone, you know, I'll just use the example, you know, say you're a Democrat and you're talking to a Republican and, and we have so many beliefs around what that other person is and who they are and what they stand for, that we don't allow ourselves to see, to listen and, and see the connections that we do have and the beauty that is there between us because we're judging. And and when you said, you know, you have to make kind of the, the choice to, to not, judge at all you know this is good this is bad how about just nothing like i just need to be in a space of it's almost like a space of grace a space of acceptance of whatever is going to come forth here i'm going to allow and live in the now i think that's a a wonderful lesson for all of us yeah thanks lisa i think that's that's so well said just whole it's it's this cosmic equanimity like Okay, I don't have to choose a side here. I can just, you know, feel into it, feel into that space and, and letting it have space. Just let it have space to breathe. Um, and at the same time, though, still keeping your discernment levels high. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you, don't, you don't go in there um, completely, you know, naive or unshielded or unprotected. You go in there knowing that you want to have an open mind, but also that, you know, if any of your senses are going off that something's awry, you are ready to um, take care of you, you know? Oh, definitely as a channel and, you know, yes, just with the, the messaging coming in or whatever, like Lee said, you know, Democrat, Republican, you know, just, you know, not have to take a side about it. But absolutely, I agree, especially, you know, if I'm starting to, you know, as uh, working with um, mm, facilitating uh, healing for off-world beings, you know, some a lot of this, you know, why am I getting so much information about various groups of beings is part because of that work, I think. And I have more, like, they'll come in to show me part of the story or their their timeline or what's going on for them. So, but getting back to what you That's said. That's what I was just remembering. Mm. You know, the last time you were on, you talked a lot about how you do this healing work for a lot of different beings. Is that why this Jesmet came to you was for healing? Well, it's not. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, they don't come for healing, no. Uh, but, uh, well, first I want to say it's a group of us that gather to do this. Um, and um, let me, I'm just feeling into that question. Did, no, Jasmine, oh, I use the opportunity of open-mindedness in the human to mm, 
Pradikini present different aspects of source and the Anu. So I think because I'm open to, you know, when Nemo, the mantis being came in, I could feel its energy signature and it wasn't, you know, I can just, you know, you can feel negativity and this is not it. You know, you can feel when a being is more, um, not there to serve you in good ways. (laughs) So, and having, you know, that as, as a channel, I think that's to underscore, as Nicole said, you know, have to be grounded. I mean, I have very dedicated meditation practice, deep connection with earth and earth and um, heart space and a completely dedicated path to opening my consciousness and being aware of what I'm connecting with and not being afraid to be like, hey, is is there veracity? Is this have fidelity to the truth or not for you? And to to question my own, you know, I'm always questioning this. Like I, I, I was like, do I want to go on this show? I don't know anything. What am I? What do I know? <laughs> Maybe it's all wrong. So I'm I'm always, um, you know, my own biggest skeptic probably. Do Do you think you know along those lines of what do you know? Do you think like right now that Jesmet wants to channel a message through you? Oh, um, um, just feeling in there. I mean, she's given so much information. Um, let me do my, I just pause here and open that a little bit. Sure. I'm putting the antenna up a little higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've been around because they do, uh, they do want to, could they be, could be, okay. Yeah. She's easy to connect with now because we're doing some work together to bring in um, a different story. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So um, the, Oh, okay. So the Anunnaki separation consciousness first existed with the Anu, within those that are we, the Anu, first existed between us as we were hit by a great collision and much confusion came in. Confusion, we didn't know what to do, our atmosphere our atmosphere was falling apart. We were refugees, wanderers in the galaxies. We came in, looked into the 3D portal. We didn't want to go, I and some others. There was a group of us, but the others came in. We didn't. Mm, this was the first time we had had disagreement. It was as if the mm, the great collision, the great collision caused con- so much confusion. And in that was born the essence of separation within us and hence into the humans who we would create. We could see because of who we are and our connection to creation that it would just be a way. It's like of saving saving our creation codes, experiencing something else because of this collision, they had to uh, make a choice. Like before, they were. It's like they were a collective living in a harmonious mm, frequency, if you like, and some kind of cosmic thing happened, and they were divided. 
and there was this, I see like almost not a battle, but some of them decided to go do this 3D earth thing so they could get what they needed for their atmosphere. Uh, but what happened to do you see the separation the male female separation what happened to the you in your terms would call it the feminine aspect has someone seen a female anu before of course they have but what is focused on the male controllers we want to say that this is part of the story we bring back. And of course, you hold the keys to your sovereignty. Uh, freeing us, freeing you, we are wed. We created and are created and destroyed through you. Um, kind of showing, as we would say, this uh, mass separation consciousness almost... Uh, some aspect of that came into the Anunnaki themselves, first and foremost, and that's how they were given this sort of separation seed to sow in the earth realm. Um, but we saw that it would all come back as part of the plan into source after a great time of being at war. It is not what we wanted. We have been bystanding. We don't seek to control or really change anyone's mind, but just to show another side of the dime okay um the, the the main message with her is that we hold the keys like the the you know the the creators if you like of the anunnaki um helped seed us with this fear consciousness and the, the keys the cage like we're in a bird cage and the cage door is now open but we don't know how to fly out that we have a lot more power to um to decide what happens now with the Kijikane. Almost like they knew that they would come in and that their time would end. That was also part of the plan. Like they were living on borrowed time for this these, this particular aspect of the cycle. And they would have to, uh, you know, play their game and get out, if you, if, if you will. Whew, excuse me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what just, what, what that was happened? a great explanation. Oh, just kind of what we were talking about before that definitely cleared things up. Huh. Was the collision um, like a, when you said a cosmic event, was it due to some sort of like material collision, if you will, or was it due to like a, like a meteor or something like that? Yeah. Or was it due to like a race? No, it was, um, uh, I still, I still, when this started coming in in my visions, still looking for a word. Cosmic collision is what I keep getting. Like if you take a, you know, uh, a pin dropping an infinite multiverse, right, over space time, over millennia, that can cause like a massive tidal wave and cause, you know, let's say particles, quantum particles, par- particles of matter, particles of of something. Um, to gain a lot of momentum and then something in its way, even though it started as a, as a whisper, you know, becomes mm. this, this shout, you know, that it did cause some kind of collision, like a cosmic quaking that was, was a physical collision, it seems like, to their um, home environment, uh, their home. I see it as a planet, but also a craft that travels through space um, that they are wed to, uh, part of their consciousness. And we might call that Nibiru. 
Stop, you'll open another can of worms. <laughs> We love worms. Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, so uh, long answer, but yes, a, a very physical con- collision with their, uh, their planetary craft. Yeah. Very interesting. It, it, I mean, anything, everything is divine, but that kind of makes it like how it's not like another race tried to go to war with them um, and make this happen. It was, like you said, a very cosmic collision. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't really know what the, you know, the, the party storyline is on that. I have not researched that, but I don't get a sense of any war or any incoming other beings causing this. Um, at least not at this time. And, you know, in my apprenticeship or my learning with Jesmet, um, it's going to take probably years to this, you know, to the level or the uh, the breadth and depth of the information it takes a long time to sit with, integrate and um, reveal itself. And then to keep, I keep getting more. Like I said, I think I, my, my journey with her is going to be really ongoing. So we'll keep learning more. That's all so interesting. I love hearing I love hearing new material and different perspectives of what's going on. It gives us a bigger picture and a broader view and I mean the more information we have the the more equipped we are to um understanding things. You've also been experiencing inner earth through remote viewing, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Yeah, a lot through remote viewing. Um a lot of remote experiencing of, boy, yeah, certainly. And inner earth has been quite a, uh, I I keep wanting to go back there. It's so blissful. (laughs) It's like, oh, (laughs) humans living in eternal hope and fear. Oh, that's so blissful. Let's stay there. Oh, this is so awful. Let's get out. You know, it's all phenomena. But the inner earth seems to be uh, gathering strength and tied um, somehow in crystalline frequencies to the 5D grid of Gaia and the new earth um, birthing, rebirthing. It's very important right now. Uh, and Brian, just to say, like, I was like you, you know, when I heard about inner earth some time ago, I was like, what the hell's that? That is some blah, 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 the, the center of the planet. These people are crackpots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I actually. I'm pretty sure that's what he's thinking. Yeah, right. Um, fair, fair enough. <laughs> because I started, well, I was having, okay, going back to the uh, ET healing stuff. I was starting to get uh, beings that had stories about inner earth coming in to talk to me about um you know, what was going on there or just revealing themselves a little bit more in this place we call inner earth and a portal in Antarctica that seems to have been co-opted by dark Lords for, for a very, very long time. And that's causing dissonance on the frequencies of the planet, uh, like a portal in and out and a lot of stuff. Antarctica, very important right now for human survival, human, human reckoning with truth. Um, anyway, uh, inner earth, somehow that's related to inner earth. I think it's an entry way into the inner realms of this planet and its ultimate um, coming back into light age. What has been the most um, beautiful experience or viewing you've had of inner earth so far? Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Wow. 
This is nice. I'm getting those frequencies coming in. Let's all be on a bliss bomb together. I can feel them, actually. I'm feeling them come in. (laughs) Okay, so on Brian's team for a second, total skeptic, I'm like, oh my God. Because I led a group group guided journey on one of the, I think it was a new moon or full moon. And um, on the journey, I explored some new things with our group and as the guide, you know, channeling this experience. And I saw Crystal City and I went, get out, no way. (laughs) And total Crystal City, I went, oh my God, because of the feeling, not just, it's not like I go and just in remote, remote viewing. I am remote experiencing. So I have a full on visceral sense of this um, this place, this aspect, this frequency. And it was so like, it woke me up. Like after leading that guided journey, the next few days I was just, I was lit, just lit up with something totally new, totally new frequencies, totally new awareness, very healing, very um, enlivening and enlightening. So uh, it is a timeline that's always existed. It is just coming back, coming back into the con consciousness of many and it does seem to have to do again with i kept getting all this stuff about crystalline light codes and before that journey for the week before i was getting all this stuff about you know you have to let the blood and fluids of the body be purified and entrained with these crystalline codes and it does seem like they have to do with the um, upping of our dna or reawakening of it and uh, genetic ascension if you if you will what were the colors of the crystal city that you saw? Like what kind of, what was that? Was it pastel Was it really vibrant? Yeah, it was really vibrant. Like when I went into inner earth, it was really, um, everything, it was like lit, but not with the sun. It was like lit with some other light source and everything is light made of like platinum and very, yes, very gossamer, transparent, pastel colors, very soft, very, very, very soft. There is no disparity. There, there is no separation here. All beings mm, know as part of a whole group what the consciousness is going through, what is feeling is felt by all. So like polar opposite to <clears throat> much of what we know about this experience of separation, this is absolutely like I go down down if you like it's just another dimension uh every I think every lisa and nicole want to do a road trip there. yeah don't we let's <laughs> get in the car <laughs> cosmic car uh so can you talk a little bit about inner earth from just more of a skeptic's viewpoint you know i'm sure we have many listeners on this show that yeah yeah Yep. Don't even know what we're talking about because we were taught that inner earth is a f- magma magma in the middle. And, right. You know, there's nothing in there. So what are you fantasizing about here? <laughs> right. No, great. I love it. I love it. Yeah, let's do that. Um, well, it is not so much in your 3D mind going to um, a place inside like um, the, the molten core that you know of, of your earth. Mm, is not necessarily the same place. If we talk about a different dimension, it's just an overlay. Like if you have a bunch of shirts on and one of them is mm, the molten core, well, what about the other one? Maybe it's gossamer. Maybe it exists right on top of the other. Maybe it's right through. You could say it's not actually a place inside like you think of inside, but mm, a place in tandem, a place separate and apart, but also Mm. inside, inside, inside. 
Kutihishiken already written in you. So maybe not like getting in the car and driving somewhere. That's sort of the linear view, but that it's standing by, never gone, all inside. I keep seeing this vision of inside the human body, inside of our our coats, our cosmic coats contain this. Where do you travel when you go to the inner earth? You travel in your consciousness. Where does consciousness exist? Where does the mind begin and end? What about the heart? You see, we open the portal. It is not about A to B. It is about infinite light, infinite space. These exist everywhere and nowhere. So a little bit of a koan, Brian. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we helped you. Well, you, you know, it's, it's, it's also a, you know, it can... It can be a matter of scale, mm-hmm. because you know I'm 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 picturing the uh, the end sequence of Men in Black, where they're they're zooming out through through our solar system, and then you know the camera view just keeps going out, solar system, galaxy, universe, and as you're seeing the entire universe, it zooms out a little bit, and that universe is a marble. And that there are these aliens playing, you know, a marble game with all these marbles that are all separate universes. And it's, you know, to them, the marble is very small. Mm-hmm. To us at the very center of that, that universe is is huge. So the idea that something can exist, you said, you know, within, 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 you know, that something can exist, you know. So I can look at the Earth's core and see, well, it's it's nothing but magma. But if, if, if you can get your mind, you know, around the idea of scale, you can say, well, that magma can be made up of, you know, a crystal. And like if you go inside one crystal, there can be an entire, you know, universe, universe or crystal city or, yeah. you know, <clears throat> anything. Yeah, and it seems to also, and I like that, that's so, uh, yeah, so quantum, we're talking about the quantum realm, not the linear third density realm of space and time limitation. Um, also seems to relate to Lemuria, Lemurian light codes, there's a lot of uh, interplay or reflection from what I've seen in Lemuria in the inner earth realm, some crossover, some of the Lemurian codes were kept in inner earth and points upon the surface of your earth as well, waiting for the time when mm, things would be ripened. So, huh. And over time, for some reason, I've been given a lot of different, keeping taken to different places on the earth where uh, the the Gaia frequencies are, there's either like a portal or a very important energy system within the electromagnetic grid of our, our planet. Some of them are portals, some are just energy centers on the earth, uh, connecting points of many different sites. So we have, um, Lisa and I have a mutual friend who does extreme remote viewing. And he has told us that he's seen underwater cities uh, that are existing right now. Uh, Do you have, have you seen that through your remote viewing or do you have any knowledge of this? 
um, what I have seen are, are things at the bottom of the sea, like uh, pyramidal structures, things that have been sunk from long ago. Let me see about that. Uh, I, I don't recall now having seen underwater cities, but I'm not saying that that's not um, old, old timelines being rebirthed. This is true. So, huh. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Did he give any locations in particular? <laughs> Do I get a longitude and a latitude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to know more. Yeah. That long. Yeah, exactly. One, two, three, Atlantis way. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, something down around Australia, I wonder. Um, very far south, South Pacific. I'm just looking etherically at the globe. Anyway, that's interesting. Well, that's also close to that's also close to Antarctica. Not south so much of a, south of uh, like Malaysia and the mm. anyway the Ring of Fire. I don't know. That's so interesting. It's all very fascinating. That's cool about the cities, though. Not surprising um, that those are being seen. For my knowledge, can someone tell me? So there's Atlantis and Lumeria. Did those exist at the same time? In just two different places? What is time? <laughs> what is time? Oh. Yeah, I don't know what well, I, all, all of that. Uh, I think I sense that Lemire is quite a lot older um, than uh, just Alanis was <laughs> more contemporary from a millennia, millennia old view. I don't know. Is that What do you know, Nicole? From what I understand, Atlantis was a breakaway civilization of Lemuria. So when they realized that Lemuria was going to sink, um, part of the civilization retreated into inner Earth. You know, this is what we're told or to another dimension, we'll say. And part of the civilization um, tracked across land to survive and Atlantis was found. Mm. Okay. At least or some something along those lines. I'm simplifying it greatly. Yeah, sure. Of course, you know, condensing like massive scale into a sentence. But yeah, that may, oh, that makes sense why I was seeing then the l relationship between Lemuria and Inner Earth. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's the understanding that I've found through various different sources and some channelings from a group that I've received personal channelings from. That's the information that I've, I've been given. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think at the beginning, I kind of keep myself, uh, uh, keep the volume down on a lot of things. So I'm just like getting, <laughs> getting stuff going. That keeps it pure. Yeah, well, yeah, no, that keeps it very pure. That's my hope. I do hope that because I don't, you know, what is the likelihood I'm human? So am I just bringing in a story that I've heard somewhere else and I'd rather not do that? So that's, that's why I'd be like, I don't know, what's the story of Atlantis anyway? <laughs> and I can't, I can't, you know what happens to me? I will keep getting things through clients. Like I'll be doing a past life reading and then suddenly I'll get this massive wave of Atlantean energy and suddenly I'm getting the story through that. So it's almost like my, I'm being connected cosmically to clients who need to, who, who bring me in the next piece that I need to know about. <laughs> anyway. Well, that makes so much <laughs> sense because we're like all different conduits, right? And connectors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ooh. I believe the information will come to you when you need yes, it. Yes, absolutely. I feel that way about just what's going on 3D. That's kind of how I approach things. Like I don't, you know, mm -hmm. don't really seek out 
the news or anything, but I know that whatever I need to know, I'm going to find out. Someone's going to tell me it's going to cross my path somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And it always does. <laughs> oh, my. Well, so when I started getting all of this from Jesma, you know, the person I'm, um, who's helping me with the transcribing for the book and that we're meeting with, uh, she said, do you have to go study all the Sumerian tablets and stuff? I said, no, I'm not about to do that. I mean, isn't that what everyone's been trying to do? I, I have no interest in that. But yeah, like, you know, I will come upon information uh, as as needed. I just have to trust that. Uh, I did. It's interesting. Before I just met, right before, it was a couple of days before I went out that night in the woods and was surrounded by the, the group of, um, well, reptilians, Gwenikenshiki. Uh, I had heard, uh, I was with a client and uh, she said, what's my starseed origin? And out of like left field, Nibiru. And I went, oh my God, did she catch that? I don't even think she caught it because we went on to something else. And, and that had not come up before, a Nibiru starseed. Um, so I started getting that and something about Tiamat too, just in the days before this. But very interesting how just things come out of left field. <laughs> I've never heard of Nibiru. Yeah, uh, I think that. How do you spell that? Uh, N-I, I think it's N I B I R U. <clears throat> the X planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, home starship, home craft of the Anu. Yeah, so the Anunnaki, that's their. Uh, the, mm, oh, their home planet. Mothership system. Uh, you do a conscious uh, life support system for them. It is a whole system. Yeah. Wow. I can't. I can't hear. I can't hear Planet X without imagining Duck Dodgers. Let's duck, hear Duck Dodgers. Duck Rogers in the in the the twenty fourth and a half century. It's it's a it's a Looney Tunes with uh, with Daffy Duck. <laughs> And, and you've got Marvin the Martian. He fights Marvin the Martian on Planet X. I claim this planet in the name of Mars. That's what uh, that's what Marvin the Martian says. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent soundbite there. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Rebecca, I, I'm curious. Because last time you were on the show, Brian requested Nemo to visit him and have beer and bacon with him. And whiskey and whiskey and bacon. Brian Brian actually made breakfast for Nemo and the lights flickered. We all we all believe Nemo visited and there was a lot of light flickering and, and all of that. But you know, and and you know, in the moment. I know Brian will speak of it differently now, but he was pretty convinced that something had happened. But his logical mind. No, 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 no. You're using the wrong word. You're using the wrong word. I was open to him visiting. I was not convinced because my logical mind convinced me it was just the light bulb that was dying. But I was open to the idea. Lisa, what exactly? The lights flickered and I said, Nemo? Lisa, what exactly was Brian's reaction? He was making breakfast and and talking to Nemo, you know, asking him to join him for bacon. And then one of the lights in our kitchen that hangs over our like our counter, like a bar counter, started flickering. And he ran upstairs and he said, "Come, come quickly! I think Nemo may be here." And so, 
I think, you know, Brian's explanation is more accurate as far as he was open. He wasn't fully convinced because he, he was like, or it could just be the light flickering. Because it kept flickering all day long. No, it was only for during, it was only during breakfast. No, it, the next day it flickered. Oh, until it I, did you know, it flicker just, it just the kept, next morning. You know, when, when, it, That's right. when I wasn't trying to communicate, you know, and, all of a sudden, and it was just going on and off. And I was like, oh, well, it's a bad light bulb. So, but I can understand. That or he was still around. Sure. And he, I think that I communicated that to Rebecca. And I believe, Rebecca, you communicated that to Nemo. And he said, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't break anything. And and then, and because he didn't come back, that's why my logical mind said, oh, just a bad light bulb. Because he was, you know, if if this is a real thing and he was worried that, you know, he, you know, broke something electrical of ours. And we said, no, come, come back. I mean, we openly said, no, please, we welcome you back and come back. And it never happened again. Logical brain said, yeah, just a bad light bulb. Mm-hmm. If it would have kept happening and you, you invite him back and it kept, keeps flickering even after you change the light bulb, even I'm even more open minded about it. But mm. it's hard. It's hard to understand when you're, when, when you have, when you look at things the way that I look at through logic mm-hmm. and when I can explain it more readily with a logical explanation, that weighs more heavily. Is it still a part of the equation? Yes. Can I be open to it? Yes. I can't accept it as, as truth or fact because it, it's, it was not repeatable and you have to be able to repeat something. Well, that's the matrix idea of proving something <laughs> that it has to be repeatable <laughs> so right. Right. i mean scientific method for me i could take one experience and if it felt so real to me i don't need another experience to prove it to me because that's ego and that's the matrix idea of keeping you locked into believing it doesn't exist but right brian I mean, keeps thank us- god i am not you it keeps us all. <laughs> why? Why? Know? Why? Thank God. Why? Thank God. Thank anyone who's listening. I am not you. Okay. I don't know what you mean by that, um, Brian. So, because you wouldn't the meaning you wouldn't want to look at it illogically, right? I am. That's what I am mean. me, and I am happy to be me. That's what he meant. And I am. I have no problem looking at the the, the world the way that I look at the world. Was there a, your content? Was there a question in all that, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> no, Nicole brought up Nicole brought up oh. Nemo. I think she just wanted to share with you that that I you know may or may not have had an experience with Nemo. Yeah, maybe I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know if I had heard the full denouement on that. But you know, and Nemo wouldn't care really what your perspective was. That's not what. Don't come to change minds, just to leave experiences that help awaken. Maybe the question was part of what was given. Not that you needed a solution, but to sit with your own mind. (laughs) And it was, and it was, it was, to me, it was more for him, not me. And if it was him that visited, I hope he had, I hope he had the experience that I offered. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're offering this experience. See? So did you create that? Oh. 
Oh, isn't that That's interesting? what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted Nemo, since Nemo's not in a body, he wanted him to feel and experience right. what Brian feels and experiences when he eats bacon and drinks right. whiskey. And he was asking Nemo to join him in that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, perhaps there was a joining. It does look like it because we, I had been saying, you know, if it's going to be helpful to Brian, for you to experience that frequency of beer, <laughs> bacon, <laughs> go for it. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so. Oh, interesting in the realms. You know, sometimes I just want to be like, try and be regular and like be, you know, go out and. I don't know, whatever, like, be regular. What's that, Becca? Um, just swimming in this all the time, you know, gets like, I have quite a different view where I'll be standing, I'll be talking to somebody or with, you know, I'm in a public place, of course, and then I'm starting to do something in light language at the checkout. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Um, well, and, right. the, and that's exactly why I put I put that out there, because I know that a lot of Nemo's experiences and energies that he picks up on are through you. And the way that I look at things are vastly different. So I wanted to, you know, give him a chance to experience something, you know, maybe you were something rooted more in the 3D as I am compared to you. Oh, no. I mean, Nemo is at this point uh, just serving as a um, advanced frequency frequency modulator. Uh, things have shifted somewhat with him, but definitely he works with frequency and learning about um, different realms of experience from the human perspective. I don't know that it's limited to my comings and goings of my own mind and life experience but yeah i mean he does mostly he it <laughs> does work with with me or i'm uh, uh maybe part of his consciousness is also working with others um so it's always it's always swimmy i i guess i'm a little too uh content just being in the mystery and not always solving it <laughs> it's it's a difficult place to be i mean you know and i have the same experience as you as far as standing at a checkout line and you know speaking light language or you know i'll be talking to someone and then i start jumping around like i have tourettes and people are asking me if i'm okay and you know know, let your freak flag fly but it is difficult breaking out of these belief system this belief system and offering a different perspective to people you know that isn't based in in how a way that someone like Brian and there's, you know, millions and millions of people on this planet like Brian that need to see things logically need to see it, to believe it. And we're saying there's another way. And, and we, you know, it, it can be uncomfortable. Like you said, you just want to go back to being normal, you know, but no, not really. You don't, you know, no, not really. No, and I don't either. But it's not by science. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for all of us. And that's why we do this podcast. And that's why we're here to support people and ask the questions and, and see and, you know, look at other ways of looking at things. Yeah, yeah. I I often think that it's just about um, sometimes questions are much more important and juicy and rich than always finding your absolute solution. Because once you arrive at a solution, there is a kind of limiter in that. Can you receive new information after you've come to that solution? 
So fair enough. Like if I've made all my conclusions about Chestnut and what she's offering or about my 3D life as I go through, you know, life in my body, I will not be open to receiving anything new. And a lot of my guides present me with exactly that. It's not that what's been given already is necessarily wrong, but that there's always more to this story. And I I think that's beautiful. I absolutely light up with that because there's no end to what I'm going to be exploring in this life. There's no limit. We are we are so fond of limitations and they're really not um, not knowing sometimes is the best gift. So that's a hard Absolutely. one to sit with. Uh, that's a hard one. But I think there's, I feel kind of lit up with an aspect of that being true, at least for me. No, absolutely. I mean, we had a guest on John Mathis, who also did remote view, does remote viewing. And he talked about how the brain's job is to solve a problem. And you can't remote view something when you're trying to solve the problem, because as soon as you solve the problem, the remote viewing's over. And so by keeping an open mind and not trying to solve the problem allows more information to come in. Mm -hmm. And so that completely makes sense. Um, from where you're coming at and explaining that. Mm, good. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I want to say too about viewing or relating with off world beings. It's our human tendencies to anthropomorphize everything. Like everything's a human, everything is male or female. Every, you know, what's your name? What density are you from? Are you 80? Are you 5d? Are you 40? Are you, you know, what are you? Bam, bam, bam. We have all these questions. We want it. Like we almost kill the thing by sticking it in a box. And now if I had done that with Jesmet, I wouldn't be able to have seen first that it was coming in as this very male uh, <clears throat> aspect with sort of an uh, very overbearing in a way at first, the energy was so big, but then it became other things. And finally in a, in a channeling session a couple of weeks ago, Jasmine broke through with the most beautiful uh, love. It was pure love from source. And I just cried. I was with my book uh, transcriber partner and I was just weeping on our call. Like, oh my God, I never felt, I mean, I wouldn't expect that with an Anunnaki. So far out. Um, But it was me letting go of my idea. Okay, now this has to be a reptilian every time I see it. Because at that point, no longer a reptile, uh, just a very... um, uh, not even a physical form, more of a light and gossamer light body. So la- letting that come in too, um, without nailing it down. So, uh, so true about, about your guest you just mentioned, um, Nicole. Yeah, it's, it makes sense. And it kind of speaks to the truth of this whole journey mm-hmm. and, and, and everything you were saying before. It's like, you just as soon as you decide something is one way and only that way, you've completely shut off the opportunity to learn more about it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's part of the human experience of the separation and, and all of that. So it that's is. cool. Yeah. But it, you know, and we all do that. We all do that at various points throughout the journey. And then we catch ourselves and we can reopen and, you know, let more in that that's just part of how it all works. So, yeah. um, it's kind of like this, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? But you're, you're, you're kind of like swaying back and forth, moving back and forth into this, you know, really open mind and then closing it all down. And part of, I think, the reason why you close it all down is because there's a level of processing that has to happen sometimes, integration. 
Yeah, that's so. the word. That's the word. Hit the nail on the head. Integration, like so true, Nicole. So and so well said there. That we have to pendulate back into like wide open space, new concept. Holy shit, look at that! And then we come back into our little safety zone and sort of like, oh my god. And so integrate, integrate, integrate. Like I will get cut off in a channel after a few hours because it's like this is enough. You have to be able to process this, otherwise the information becomes useless. So. Uh, well, it's a, why I take a very long time to sit with things. And in fact, I was like, I can't go on and lighten up today. I need five more months. You know, <laughs> like, no, no, I don't want to talk about it. We don't roll like that. We just go. Let's just go. Just do it. <laughs> I, know, I know you do. That's a, that's a good. Uh, thank you. Oh, very good to to have a lot of levity in our call today, too, because this can get a little like uh, it's it's. It's a big leap. I can understand from from you being this channel that and have in presenting it to a world that's not ready for all of this quite yet. You know, you're forging the way. And right. If if it's a big leap for you, imagine how big the leap is for me. Right. Yeah. yeah fair enough. Fair enough. You know, <laughs> Brian, our whole world is is has been controlled for a very long time uh, through these reptilian beings operating as humans in our all of our institutions. What do you think? I mean, yeah, you know, do I look insane at that point? Yes, absolutely. Because um, not everyone is ready to go there exactly. But a lot of the crimes committed now against humanity through this mass separation consciousness have been seeded by those in question here today. It's true. Oh, okay. That, that, there well, you have it. And All right. It's, it's, it's so ironic. Yeah. And I, I know yeah, you've talked about this before. <laughs> it's just so ironic that I can watch a, a movie about this. And be like, oh, that's entertainment, but I can't get my mind around it. Mind around it as, oh, that's reality. <laughs> you and seven billion other people. What's that TV show that we were watching, Nicole? The the comedy about the reptilian. Oh, people, people of Earth, or people, people of Earth. Yes, when Rebecca was just describing. It, I thought of that, people of Earth, like reptilians as humans. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, let me just unzip my uh, human body and out comes a reptilian. Uh, it's actually. And we all laugh at that. But you know, okay, so this is really interesting. So I was talking to a girlfriend last night. I'm not going to say who it was, um, but she experienced this idea of seeing herself in her higher self as a light being and then seeing her physical self from behind unzipped and her higher self stepping into her uh, human uh, costume and then being zipped up from behind and having an integration process, uh, which was so wild to hear about and so interesting. And I'm like, that's really kind of how it works in a way, you know, like it's a really um, much easier concept or idea to digest and chew on it, it kind of is that way in in many aspects and you know just like us on halloween if we want to put on a costume and take on a completely different persona we can do that and depending on how much you really want to let yourself go into the character you can completely morph into it and 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 totally change people's experience with you through that so it's i mean it's not that far of a stretch, but it is in the way that 
you know, some of these concepts are are very far reaching in what we've always been taught. But I just thought that was such a wild experience to to be shown. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's so normal, though. Uh, doesn't everyone experience that? I always experience my body falling away into this like off world thing. That would be a great meditation, like to actually take yourself through that and, and see your higher self stepping mm -hmm. into your body and, you know, okay, I'm going to play this out. What would my higher self do? That, that I am, that all knowing, that all believing in myself. Mm -hmm. You know, we just came from the quantum revolution tour where Jessica talked about stepping into your I am, which is basically that saying, you know, I am whatever. I am love. I am free. I am determined. I am success. I am worthy. And stepping in and now live your life as your I am stepping into that body. I think that's... Stephen King, in his younger days, he wrote, uh, he was a big fan of J.R.R. Tolkien and the, uh, you know, the, the, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Ring, Ring series. And he wanted to create a story like that. He wanted to create his great epic. And uh, he wrote us, his epic is kind of about that, this guy's journey. It, it, just hearing this conversation if I read it again, um, and actually your, your roommate, Nicole, Ben, he introduced, uh, he introduced it to me and it's about this guy on a plane of existence and coming to a mirror every once in a while, you know, in this desert. And he's able to go in through this mirror, this doorway and into and control a 3d body. And, you know, the 3D body doesn't know that he's being controlled by, you know, call it your, the higher self or whatever. But this other, you know, this other entity is, is really interesting. What's the name of that book? Uh, the Dark Tower is a whole series of books. They, the, a movie was made recently with uh, Idris Alba, but it, the movie to me didn't connect with the, the, the book at all. But the book series is called The Dark Tower. Wow. Well, Rebecca, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing all of this information with us. It's super fun. I know that, you know, some people have the perspective of like, that's ridiculous. Um, that's, there's no way that can be a reality. And, but from my perspective, I'm like, this is so entertaining. It's so interesting. And, you know, regardless if it's true or not, it's a freaking good story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks, Nicole. Yeah. Doing Tipitikiji, all, all in essence, coming back to unity. So beyond the polarized uh, separation into that. So I'm, I'm willing to do it for that, right? Uh, <laughs> that's really, that's what I'm saying. It's like, ultimately, this is all about that. Whatever we choose to believe, you know, coming into more. I think it's important with, to, with ourselves, to with open our minds or just planet. at least have these ideas out there that we can chew upon, you know? Yeah. And I think, and that's it, you know, play with the idea, have fun with it, you know? Okay. Maybe you don't believe it can be real, but what if it was, how does that feel and what would it look like? And, you know, where could that go? Like that just kind of is about playing with your consciousness and expanding it and having fun from like the child perspective of like when we're five years old. Using imagination. And yeah, have an imagination and get to create. It's part of the creation process. So, you know, you can take it seriously and you can shut it all down or you can have a little bit of fun with it and no one else needs to know. You can keep it to yourself. <laughs> but it, it could it could be very fun and playful if you really wanted it to. <laughs> Awesome. And Rebecca, can you let our audience know where they can find you and what your YouTube channel is? Oh, Serious Blue is the um, YouTube channel. 
Rebecca Barfoot Series Blue, and also my website, RebeccaRoseBarfoot.com. And if they want to book an Akashic session with you, which I highly recommend everyone, highly, highly, (laughs) and I kind of like... I and I'm like, man, she's gonna get so booked up. I'm never gonna get in. <laughs> I'm blushing. Yes, you can book those sessions on my website. And a, a rebuild, a brand new rebuild of the website's coming soon. I'm really excited about that. With a lot of more channeled information, I'd like to get more of the word for word of some of these channels and channelings from Jesma and many more onto that website. So stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you. That's super fun. And Rebecca and I are working on a secret project together, which I'm so excited to create with you. (laughs) Teaser. Yeah. We'll we'll leave that for another time. Okay, you guys. Thanks so much. Um, What a a great time to, I don't know, just, just be here again. Thanks so much. Thank you, Rebecca. And to our audience, thanks so much for joining us. We will be back again with you next time. Have a wonderful week and lots of light and love to you all. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her. Or you can visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.